Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the lovely, the pet-friendly, Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you this week? I'm tired. Being a mother is being mother is exhausting. So for those of you unaware of our personal lives, <laughs> Hannah's not a real mother in the sense that she gave birth. She adopted a cat this week. We adopted a cat this week. Hey, so there's Alex. that. I know, I know that you're really excited about it. Our, our number one fan has just become our like number six or seven fan because we adopted a cat. <laughs> She's not a we cat still lover. love you. Yeah, we do. So this week we watched a movie that we certainly do not love. Uh, and that was a movie called Seeking Justice. So I mentioned right at the top, as I always do, that we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order. This movie came out in September of 2011 and the next movie came out in october of 2011 uh but this movie's original release date was in september 2011 in italy uh whereas in the u.s it wasn't released until 2012 so um for those of you who might be thinking why are why are you not watching them in order that's kind of why we're doing it that's how imdb's algorithm works anyway i don't think i mentioned the name of the movie but it is the title of this podcast of course and that is seeking justice and this movie blows compared to last week's movie this movie sucks it's just boring yeah it's Um, really prescribed too yeah very briefly it's nick cage plays a man who is seeking justice seeks justice he hires uh like a hitman organization who instead of asking for money they ask for favors from him and then thrill ensues but it's not even that thrilling i'm not thrilled it was boring it was very paint by numbers we'll get into it soon but before we do, Hannah likes to go over some of the numbers as well as some of the behind-the-scenes information. She loves it. She just can't get enough. Every time you're like, Hannah likes to do this. I'm like, well, this is just this is just my life at this point. This podcast is slowly eating our souls. I feel like we're in better spirits these days than we were, I don't know, maybe like a few months ago in the episodes. Well, last week really gave us... At least it gave me a shot in the arm. That was what Mm. I needed last week, Mm. was Drive Angry. That was so much fun. We're back in the dark ages now. We've got like four bad movies in a row before we get to a tolerable one. Well, here we go. So here's some numbers (laughs) that I'm just super jazzed to share with you. So this movie, the the IMDb versus Rotten Tomato scores make no sense to me. So this movie is a 6.2 out of 10 on imdb but mm-hmm. it's a 28 on rotten tomatoes well so imdb anybody can rate it and oh rotten i thought tomatoes it was the opposite is, no rotten tomatoes is critics. critics yeah huh so the average joe kind of likes this movie and the critics think this is trash yeah i was gonna save it for the end but for me this is the kind of movie that i don't know what your experiences were like but uh, whenever I would come home on a Friday or Saturday night when I was a teenager and I just had a fun night at a party or we were out at the mall or something and I just had a great social night, I would come home and my parents would be watching a movie like this. I'd be like, what did, you, what did you guys do tonight? And they'd be like, oh, we watched this movie. It was called Seeking Justice with Nicolas Cage and January Jones. It was pretty good. And like that was their whole night. Did your parents also watch um, 
the hangover like every night for every, six months. Every night. They'd be like, ooh, the hangover's on. My parents are like college bros. They just love the hangover. They're like, ooh, this movie's funny. Your they they went through phases. Something. They would watch that movie. They would watch, uh, I think, Where the Millers was in there as well. Yeah, I could see that. That uh, is a hor- similar vibe. Horrible Bosses is another yeah, one. Uh-huh. But then really randomly, what was the Nicole Kidman movie about the tsunami? They'd watch that one like every <laughs> night. It's so terribly sad with a young Tom Holland who would go on to play Spider-Man. And Ewan McGregor, I think. I Yeah, I don't remember what that's called. But then... It's like, oh, it's called, I think it's called The Impossible. It's it so sad. It came out sad. of left field. I know. They'd be like... Every night they'd snuggle up on the couch and watch either a boring movie like Seeking Justice or The Hangover or a terribly, terribly sad movie like The Impossible. I don't know. Anyway, when I'm out having fun, I come home and like that's, I feel like this is the kind of movie that people watch when they've just given up on life. (laughs) Your parents haven't given up on life. No, they haven't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They're never going to listen to this. No. So how did we start talking about this? Because Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So critics, I really cut you off Critics there. hate this. The average show thinks this is fine. This movie had a budget of $31 million and it tanked and it made $12.4 million. <sighs> That's rough. Office. That's really rough. So as Steve mentioned, this movie came out in Europe in 2011 and it was released under the name Just Justice. The oh, name really? of the movie was Just Justice. Okay. And then a limited release was then made in the U.S. in 2012, and they changed the name to Seeking Justice. Hmm. However, the original title was going to be The Hungry Rabbit Jumps, which... Oh, yeah. I guess we'll get into what that means. It's like the code phrase throughout the movie. Lame. Yeah. This this is going to blow your mind. Okay. This movie was produced by none other... And then Spider-Man himself, Tobey Maguire. This movie was produced by <laughs> Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire produced this movie. <laughs> There's going to be like five Spider-Man And references. I like clicked on it because I, on yeah. Wikipedia, because I was like, no, like different Tobey Maguire, right? There has to be another <laughs> Tobey Maguire. Nope. His goofy face shows up. It's him. <laughs> I didn't know he was a producer. Yeah. I like looked at his filmography and his wikipedia page really credible sources um and it looks like around this time is when he started dabbling in production instead of acting when did so the spider-man movies came out in the early 2000s yeah okay because there is a scene great gatsby came out i think after this though yes yeah that was that was like 2012 or something i thought it was somewhat recently no i don't think so but there is a scene in this movie later that is reminiscent of a scene in spider-man Sort of. I'll, we'll get to it. I'll discuss. I'll make sure I discuss it. I don't remember this. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're. Li- you've got a scowl on your face. I'm like, what are you talking confusion. about? This movie sucks. <laughs> and this movie was directed by Roger Donaldson. Don't know who that is. Okay. What well. else is he known for? Anything? Uh, you know what? I looked and nothing I jumped out at you. Have to write it down, but <laughs> <laughs> now that you've asked. Okay. He directed 13 days dante's peak no way out is 13 days the uh john krasinski movie came out in 2000 so i doubt it it's a political movie with kevin costner okay well i'm about jfk i'm sorry i took us down this incredibly exciting road (laughs) 
so yeah that's uh that's that uh-huh. um produced by toby mcguire that's the takeaway that's, here that's the story that is the story um this movie had some critical success in um nominations it was nominated for the very prestigious golden raspberry award for worst actor no way who got and it? actually nominated. okay so nick cage was nominated for worst actor really for this movie and let's see and ghost rider because so this was the technically 2012 uh, right so because okay. in the u.s and like the razzies are a u.s award right, right so right. in 2012 this and ghost rider were nominated but adam sandler won for that's my boy fair enough and then in 20 11 mm-hmm. so the year that we're in sorry i missed this but season of the witch drive angry and trespass nick cage trespass oh is the movie we're next watching week. next week nick cage was nominated for worst actor Did and you win? know who took it who <laughs> adam sandler oh, no. for jack and jill and just go with it okay listen jack and jill was <laughs> no, atrocious was so bad. jack and jill i get it that's my boy i've heard I haven't seen it, but I've heard people like, eh, it's kind of funny, you know. You know something really embarrassing? What's that? One of my guiltiest pleasure favorite movies is Just Go With It. Yeah, and that's that. I was going to say that too, is that Just Go With It is also a kind of a guilty pleasure. It's I don't think Adam fun. Sandler's bad in it. No, he's not bad in he's it at fine. all. And you know, I, he has good chemistry with um, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston and... Uh, Dave Bro- Matthews is in that movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and Brooklyn Decker. <laughs> and Brooklyn Decker. Who was like Sports yeah. Illustrated Swimsuit Model of the Year. They don't have good chemistry at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This movie was bankrolled originally by Paramount, and then it was taken over by a different production company, Anchor Bay Entertainment, and I believe that that is where things went south for the film. I feel like if Paramount passes on it, like, yeah. Yeah. It's probably they not a like, good movie. They were like, this is going to lose money, so we're out. Yeah, why would you then pick it up? I don't know. I guess because it's like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage. Toby. And Toby. And, Toby, and Toby, Toby McGuire's behind everyone. it. Yeah, yeah. If Toby came to me in my production company sure. that I have, uh-huh. you know, that's what I do for a living. I produce movies. Uh-huh. Um, if Toby McGuire came to me and said, hey, I want to work with you. I want to produce this movie with your company. I would say, absolutely, Toby. Anything for you, sir. I love that we've got a running joke now on this podcast <laughs> of what Hannah does for a living. <laughs> Because I called you a dentist last week. Right. Yes. No, it has what? nothing to do with teeth. More to more to do more to do with film production than she teeth. Produces movies about teeth. <laughs> we'll add to it every week. We'll we'll give Hannah a different profession. Keep going. Um, that's all I have for the movie. There was not much out there about this because this movie yeah. is very vanilla and nothing interesting. Yeah. Possibly happened. Uh, you know associated with the making of it and i also watched the most boring interview in the history of interviews with nick cage it was like only a minute and a half long and i barely could pay attention during it yeah i overheard a little bit he didn't even talk about the script he didn't talk about the script at all um so he said i signed up for the ride i'm willing to go wherever it takes me i don't know what that means he he's just poor at this point he just needs money (laughs) yeah he said sometimes after take 18 a new realization can occur (laughs) so The poor cast and crew of this boring ass movie. This is every movie. <laughs> eight, yeah, but this movie's boring. This movie is boring. They have to do eighteen takes or more for every scene. Mm. Ugh. He said, "I think we've gone places that are 
exciting. And then he starts talking about the director, Ronald Roger Donaldson, who I just shared with you, his uh, filmography. Dante's yeah. Peak is the only one that I remember. Yeah. Um, 13 Days, which I thought was a John Krasinski movie. No, <laughs> about JFK, apparently, with Kevin Costner. See, I can remember things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said, I think we've gone places that are exciting. Donaldson is doing interesting things with cameras. He uses little cameras to make the scene have nervous energy. And then he does extreme close-ups down to the pupils. Things are happening. So that's what Nick has to say about this movie. Yeah, down to the pupils. Did you notice any Think, of the... Things act- are happening. Did you notice any of the actors' pupils change in any of the scenes? I did not notice things happening in anyone's pupils, no. <laughs> I also just Googled it while you were relaying that quote. Uh, 13 Hours is the John Krasinski movie. I don't know what movie you're even referring to. He it was like, Does what? he die in 13 hours or does something get blown up in 13 hours? No, it's The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Oh. Yeah. That's the the subtitle yeah, of the yeah, movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's that. <laughs> Not 13 days. No. Very different. But yeah, so that was a really boring interview and this is a boring movie, unfortunately. It's not It's an action movie, so like it's there's not really some... an action movie. There's like some action, but I wouldn't call it an action there's movie. Like car it's no drive angry. Stuff. It's no ghost rider. No, no. It's no There's some car Conair. chases. Yeah, I guess. He he screams more in this than he has in the past, like, six movies. You're absolutely right about that. And uh, what a breath of fresh air from that perspective. And, yeah. He screams right in the beginning of this movie, too. So Let's get into it. Is that a good it. segue? Great. Let's hear it. So right in the beginning of this movie, I think the best thing... I, I really only want to touch on a few scenes because we want to go play with our new cat. And, <laughs> and I don't want to dwell on this movie. But so right at the beginning... Nick Cage and his wife, uh, January Jones of Mad Men fame, who's way out of Nicolas Cage's league. Every woman he's sorry, I'm opening a <laughs> I'm opening a soda. <laughs> if you heard a little <laughs> Every every woman ever, always. I think except his, for Patricia Arquette. <laughs> I think in his early roles, I think it started in Honeymoon in Vegas, where he started looking like With Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, like you remember how Sarah Jessica Parker was essentially forced to get into good shape. Oh my god, they like didn't they buy her like a treadmill they or something? They were like, "Here's a treadmill, use it or you're fired." Oh, damn. <laughs> so because Jessica Sarah Jessica Parker looked so good in that movie, she looked incredible, and he looked so dumpy. I think it's just all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, or you could say an argument could be made for Ghost Rider when his he's super jacked and they're like it's not cgi it's not a body double he's just that jacked okay please Mm -hmm. so anyway so they're celebrating their anniversary and they're out at a bar with a couple of friends and actually before they go out with their friends the tv is on and they're like oh my god a a man died he was pushed off a railing and the bartender's like this city's going to shit and nick cage says i love this city and he screams oh come on we love new orleans who dat and he like pumps his fist in the air when he goes, who dat? You know what? I meant to look that up. Is that a it, NOLA thing? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to so, I'm gonna Google NOLA who dat. Okay, you do that. So while he's out with his friends, let me just briefly describe his group of friends. Because it's Jennifer Carpenter, who is the sister on Dexter, who Hannah thinks is a very bad actress. We'll get into that. Yeah, clearly you can tell that we don't care about professional sports because who dat uh, is a chant for the New Orleans Saints, an American oh. football team. Oh, um, American football. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we're not big sports fans here today. 
the Eagles lost to the Browns today. It's and embarrassing. It's real embarrassing, and that's all I got. I didn't watch the game. but You were a bit distracted. Yes, we have a cat in the house now. <laughs> so, so Jennifer Carpenter, what are your thoughts on her as you take a sip of Coca-Cola? Very slowly. I will keep vamping until you swallow your sip of cola. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So... Dexter has a lot of flaws, and I attribute Mm -hmm. most of them to his sister, and her horrible acting shines through in this film as well. There is a scene I'd like to touch on later about that, but yeah, Jennifer Carpenter is just fine. Uh, Then his other friend, basically Nick Cage's best friend, is he plays Michael on Lost. He's the guy who wants to build a raft, and he's, he's the one who has his son, Vincent, I think, or is Vincent the dog? I can't remember. You know, I've never seen Lost. Ah, uh, it's... I just know the ending. Yeah, they were in purgatory or some mm-hmm. shit the whole time. <laughs> even, though, even though the producer... Was that on that that guy's oh, t-shirt? The spoiler alert t-shirt yeah. on, in last week's episode? Yeah, if you're confused about what we're talking about, go back and listen to last week's episode. <laughs> um, there's some interesting costuming choices. So anyway, those are his friends. I will touch on a few things here as well. One is that we get a good look at him and finally finally he doesn't have those blonde extensions in he's got his normal hair it's slicked back and it doesn't look great but it looks way better than those ramen noodles way better but Mm -hmm. it's very helmet like yeah well i mean because like i said especially in the beginning of the movie and it might have been intentional it's slicked back pretty tight to his head and then as the movie goes on and as the character gets more desperate, it kind of starts poofing out. Right. But like... I forgot. Th- we've seen they that They always before. say that about him and his yeah. hair. Yeah. So he's also rocking a goatee. I-, I guess he's really been into the goatees lately because every... The past three or four or five movies, he's had that kind of beard, stubble, goatee look. Um, mm, yeah, he did. So also when they're with their friends and he's dancing, he's dancing almost like a awkward dad as he's out there. It's a masquerade dance that they're at as well his mask is god i'm sorry i shouldn't you're you're drinking the bubbliest drink (laughs) trying to then have (laughs) host a podcast (laughs) i made made some really poor choices his mask is like iridescent right yeah i mean it's like a masquerade and, and everybody's wearing one so i don't really fault him too much he's not like it's not like he's the only one in the scene wearing one no but i i don't know i'm just telling our listeners this is a right this is an audio medium. Yeah, this is I'm an audio I'm trying to medium. explain what his mask looked like. I'm trying to uh, <laughs> explain. This is an audio medium, Steve. Burp. I burp. <laughs> <laughs> so there is also another scream in this scene at the bar with his friends where I don't even know how it comes up, but somebody asks him, like, what was it like? And he goes, Ouch! About what? What? I'm I'm sure on the edit I'll remember what they were talking about, but we've forgotten so much about this movie. Uh, We watched it yesterday. So on their anniversary, they go home and mid coitus, as Hannah said, (laughs) Nick Cage says, Wait, hang on, and hands January Jones the ugliest necklace we've ever seen. (laughs) So heinous. So that, that comes into play later. Later, You're like in the middle of doing the dirty, and then he just gets up. He's like, "Wait, I have something for you." Yeah. So this movie actually gets off to a pretty quick start because soon after that is the main. <laughs> Why are you taking another sip? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> so 
the main uh, plot point, I guess, of this movie happens in the next couple of scenes, and that is that January Jones, on her way home from work or on the way to her car from work, gets brutally beaten and raped, which is obviously terrible. And then Nick Cage doesn't check his phone for like several hours, and he finally catches up with her at the hospital. And when he's at the hospital, Guy Pierce, the bad guy from Iron Man 3, the one who's not the drunk Mandarin, the one who's not Ben Kingsley, shows up and he's like, basically a mobster mafia guy and he's like we can make these kinds of problems disappear because rapists only get 11 months at you know they can they can serve only up to 11 months and and the police might never catch him but we know who he is we know where he is we can take care of him all we need from you is not money we just need you to do some favors for us in the near no, future no we need you to go to the vending machine <laughs> yeah i was gonna skip that because it was really boring but he's like if you agree, what you need to do is you need to go to the vending machine, buy two forever bars, which are what not are real candy bars. bars. <laughs> They're like protein bars or something. It was the it was like the worst packaging too. It was like yeah. they printed it out on computer paper and like <laughs> taped it onto a They like honestly a might be real. They might be a local thing in New Orleans or something. I don't know. Hannah's going to go back onto the Google machine. Actually, Hannah's going to use Bing because Nick Cage later in the movie <laughs> uses Bing. Is that a like a reference kind of to how the bad guys never use iPhones? <laughs> no, I think it's just a reference to, I think Google's a little stingy with who they let use the name and, and the pictures and things like that of Google, whereas Bing, it doesn't cost as much to use gotcha. them. There's a really funny sequence in, um, I think it's the fourth season of Arrested Development, where they can't use Google, they can, but they make a lot of really funny jokes about not having Google. I don't think this is it. It's not a real thing? Well, there is something called a Forever Bar, but it says the world's rarest chocolate, and I wouldn't expect that to just be in a vending machine in New Orleans, in New Orleans next to like the Cheetos. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So it doesn't exist. That's what we thought. So he's still at the hospital. It's the next day. And the deed is done because he went and bought the forever bars. And he knows the deed's done because somebody drops off an envelope with the ugly ass necklace in it. <laughs> and instead of telling his wife, oh, hey, the police were able to recover this for you because the police found him dead in his apartment. He hides here's, it. Here's your necklace. He hides it. And that comes up later. Real shady. Yeah. So I will just kind of skip ahead a few scenes. I will touch on one thing, though. It's six months later and Nick Cage is out going for a run. And you mentioned his gait. It's so horrible. really bad. He was, honestly looks like he needs to get like his hip replaced or something. And I've noticed this in every movie that he's ever ran in. Yeah, he, he does not have a he good He has really run. bad joints. Yeah, he's no Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has a great run. Does he? Oh my God, he's such a Muppet. Noticed. It's great. <laughs> he just, he books it, Tom Cruise does. Oh, that's cool. Oh my God. So I also didn't mention that Nick Cage is a high school teacher at... Uh, somewhat of an underprivileged, I guess, school you could say. He's an English teacher. Uh, takes after his old man, right? Wasn't his dad? Wasn't his dad in real life? Not yes, in the movie. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So professor, a professor. Yeah. So along the lines, he gets a call from Guy Pierce, who says, "Hey, we need to cash in on I that." I keep favor. thinking you're going to say Guy Fieri. <laughs> Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. We're rolling out for <laughs> diners, drive-ins, and dives. It's going to be wicked. <laughs> going to Flavor Town. <laughs> Guy Fieri <laughs> calls Nick Cage and says, we need you to do us a favor. We need you to follow this woman and her children at the zoo. And if this dude shows up, call us. And he was like, sweet, simple, easy. He does that. Let me skip ahead again. And like I said, I don't want to talk this movie to death as we do sometimes. 
after that, he was like, great, I did my favor. I followed the dude, or I followed the woman at the zoo. I didn't see the dude. Everything's fine. So Guy Pierce gets in touch with him from Flavortown <laughs> and says, listen, this guy's a, he's a, he's a child pornographer. We need him dead. So what you're going to do is you're going to take the bus that he usually takes. And when he crosses the bridge, no one's ever around. You're going to push him over the bridge. It'll look like an accident. We've cut the cameras. Nick Cage chickens out and doesn't do it immediately. So he chickens out. There's some scenes about him thinking about whether or not he wants to do it. Guy Pierce is very intimidating to him and his wife. And Nick Cage finally <laughs> agrees to do it. He runs into this guy on this bridge and he says, hey, wait. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt you. I just want to talk to you. But the guy starts attacking him. And after a quick tussle, for through no fault of Nick Cage's own, the guy falls over the bridge and gets hit by a car and dies. So through this uh, a tussle, of course, he screams. Mr. Walzak, I need to speak with you. After the dude gets pushed off the bridge, he like runs back in the same direction that he came from. Yeah, he like gets on a bus, then goes to school. And he didn't kill the guy, but I guess he feels like he killed the guy. But he was a child pornographer. Uh, cops show up to, I believe, his work or his house or something and arrest him and say, you're arrested for the murder of an investigative journalist. And they show him pictures and they show him like the license and the ID of this guy that he killed. And he's like, no, that's not this guy. Like, that's... a that's a child pornographer. Like this is a bad guy, not a, not an investigative journalist or I mean, he plays dumb, but that's what the audience is thinking. Yeah. That's what, and that's what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. And the cops say, well, what was this guy that you don't know doing with a video of you on your phone? And they've got, and the, the journalist, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The journalist has a little video on his phone of Nick Cage following that woman from earlier. At Nick the Cage, zoo. Yeah. Nick Cage is like, oh my God. And then like, we also have video of you running up and down the last spot where he was seen alive. And it's like, oh no, what are we going to do? So Nick Cage escapes the police precinct because the lieutenant is also in on this mobster hitman crew. That's Guy Pierce's crew. Yeah, they're like vigilantes. Sort of, yeah. They're like Robin Hood. Yeah, and the way he knows all of this is because whenever Nick Cage finishes a task, he has to call a number and say, The Hungry Rabbit Jumps, which was apparently a previous title to the movie. Yeah. So Wait, I just thought it's like what Dexter does. So, of course, they hired her to be in this. <laughs> oh, because it's like they only kill they, bad he people. He only kills bad people. Yeah. <laughs> so Nick Cage, not sure what to do. He goes to the investigative journalist's wake, which is like suddenly in Boston. He's not actually in Boston, but it's like the most Irish bar in New Orleans, I guess. And um, as he's there. What a he, bad move. Why would you ever show up? Like, what if someone yeah. recognizes you? So he goes and he swipes the the journalist's badge to the local paper so that I guess he can figure out why or what kind of evidence this guy has. And when he's there, Guy Pierce's cronies show up. Cronies? Cronies? Cronies. Cronies show up, and they start chasing him. And this is where he, they're running through. They have a terrible run. Horrible. Through the hot... He's so slow. They're on highways. And then Nick Cage just stops at one point, jumps off the side of the highway, 
like at this very specific point where he climbs down and he's spider-man he like yeah he really does spider-man toby Maguire style because oh he produced toby. this movie <laughs> he's spider-man's down and then it's very like if you can dodge traffic you can dodge a ball <laughs> And one of the cronies is T-Dog from the first two seasons of The Walking Dead. And T-Dog gets, like, wrecked by a, yeah. by oncoming traffic. He makes his way to the newspaper. This is one of my favorite scenes because he makes his way to the newspaper. <laughs> and it's very late at night. And he's walking around. And he's investigating. He finds the guy's desk. He finds the guy's desk. And there's this other woman who goes, hey. Uh, you know what, what, what is a past participle or right, something right. like and that because he's an english teacher he he says well a past participle is when you have this and it's a dangling pr- principality and like i don't know anything about english clearly <laughs> <laughs> and and she's like okay great and we're like oh that was fun i guess he duped her with his english with his knowledge of uh, but then like <laughs> 10 grammar. seconds later she goes to security like i've never seen this man before in my life and he's snooping around a dead man's desk she's what if she was like look i asked him this question and and that investigative journalist never would have known that answer <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a fucking idiot <laughs> worked across from him for 20 years that guy sucks so he he grabs a few pieces of evidence. He makes his way over to some more evidence. And there's a brief car chase between him and cops and Guy Pierce's crew. He ultimately finds a safe spot where he can look at the evidence in a car that he stole. And what he finds is that essentially that this organization exists. But Guy Pierce took it a step further where Guy Pierce started just eliminating people that he didn't like as opposed to only eliminating bad people. So... He also, so obviously this investigative journalist was on to them, so yes. then he was a threat, so Guy Pierce wanted him dead. I can't... I didn't even see it coming. Oh my god. Of course I saw it coming. I saw everything coming, and you saw the next part coming, because there's another folder in this disk of evidence where there's people who... It's just photographs that this guy had of people who are in oh, on yeah. it. And it was like, okay, Guy Pierce, T-Dog, another, another guy, and then the guy from Lost... His friend the, his from the beginning friend. at the bar. Yeah, from the, the beginning masquerade. at the bar. And they also work together at the school. So I he think go- he's like the disciplinarian or like the principal or He's something. either the principal or the disciplinarian, yeah. So he goes to that guy's house and with a twisted ass face, we loved his face in this scene. Nick? He, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, Nick, yeah. yeah. He screams probably the, the best scream. Uh, just a little pretense here. Simon is Guy Pierce's character's name. I'm your fucking friend. No! You're Simon's friend. You tell me his fucking name. What's his name? It was a good scream. Good scream. Great scream. Quality scream. I haven't heard one of those in a while. Yeah. I missed it. Yeah. That got me going. <sighs> got the juices flowing. <laughs> Give me goosebumps. <laughs> there is. Do a... you know anyone who calls goosebumps goose pimples? Like seriously? No. Only Rowan Atkinson and Rat Race. <laughs> goose pimples. I have goose pimples. <laughs> It's a race, it's a race. I'm winning, I'm winning. I am Enrico Pellini. Oh my god, you love that movie. I fucking love that movie. Go watch Rat Race instead of this movie. That movie rocks. <laughs> so there's another scream where some some dude is is also in a similar situation as Nick Cage where he just happens to be in this situation. He's got to do favors and he intimidates him and Nick Cage yells at him. Get up. Get up! Don't kill me, please don't. Get out of here. Go! Nick Cage ultimately has a showdown 
with Guy Pierce and the cronies. And an abandoned mall. <laughs> but what's great is that they're at a monster truck show. <laughs> yeah. And then they run into each other and they're like, all right, let's take care of business at the abandoned mall next door. <laughs> It's like, oh, is there just an abandoned mall next door? I mean, but then they mentioned Katrina, they were so like, I, oh, I felt kind of bad. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, I feel like a dick. <laughs> yeah. So Henry I, Jones got kidnapped. Yep. Yeah. Forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's all right. Again, it's paint so by she's numbers. There. Yeah. So January Jones is there. So basically, in exchange for the evidence that Nick Cage has on Guy Fieri, uh, <laughs> tubular, to <laughs> have uh, fucking Flavor Town, bro in exchange for that evidence he will give up the evidence that proves that nick cage is innocent as well as give up his wife and there's a bit of a standoff but ultimately the guy from lost turns and says duck or some shit and everybody there's a big shootout the guy from lost dies and then there's a big fight nick cage screams while he's punching guy guy pierce guy fury (laughs) it's fine it's just guy fury at this point (laughs) he screams And uh, then as the guns get kicked away, January Jones, there's a a through line that January Jones, because of what happened to her at the beginning of the movie, she wants security, she wants a gun, and she's suddenly a great shot because she's been practicing, Mm -hmm. and she shoots Guy Pierce, and uh, then the lieutenant who let him go shows up, and he's like, he's like, you were never here. You were never here. I got this. And Nick Cage is proven innocent from that video. And he goes back to the paper and says, here's all the evidence that that guy collected and you need to print this. And then the guy who takes the evidence from it goes, the, the hungry, hungry rabbit, rabbit jumps. Time save for the sequel. Save it for the sequel, baby. No, there's probably no sequel to this. I don't think they would ever. There is not a sequel. So the one scene that I did want to mention as well, because when January Jones was kidnapped, I think it was Nick Cage, maybe somebody else went to Jennifer carpenter's house being like where's january jones no it was uh the guy from lost oh the guy from lost went to <laughs> jennifer carpenter's house like where's such january jones bad actor <laughs> and jennifer carpenter was such a bad actor she was so bad but she was so bad that i thought that her character was lying oh yeah i thought january jones was like in the other it, room yeah me too me too she was like i don't know where she is i don't know where could she be <laughs> it's not that bad but but you can see the problem here where when you have an actor or an actress who can't deliver a line properly, like it makes the audience think something that's incorrect. Yeah. You know I what I mean? That was, right. That's true. Like it's a problem. Anyway, like I said, bad movie, boring movie. And I think these just it seems okay. so pointless. Yeah. If it weren't for her hiding there or something. Yeah. Also, what's really frustrating to me is that the guy from Lost has a wife in the first scene, and then I think she has, like, one line in that scene, and then she just never shows up again. Oh, yeah. It's, like, no lines for women of color in this movie. Maybe she was an extra. (laughs) Oh, maybe they could only pay her for, like, the day. Well, no, like, maybe she didn't have her SAG card or whatever it is. Oh, maybe. I don't think you can speak on screen without it. Oh, maybe. Any other closing thoughts? No, I'm... I'm I'm good. You're good. All right. Well, I think we should get into some Nick Cage awards. What What do you think? I think so too. All right, great. Let's start with I think perhaps an obvious. No, wait, no. I'm sorry. Best supporting actor. I don't know that that one's that obvious. Who are you giving it to? We can ironically give it to uh, Deb from 
<laughs> Ironically, it goes to Jennifer Carpenter. That's fine. I, you know, it's not like we're gonna really. No one else from this movie was a standout. No, I don't think so. Everyone just phoned it in in this no, movie. No, nobody was like particularly bad, except for maybe no. that one scene they with Jennifer phoned, Carpenter. They just phoned it in. It was just fine. Like, and and a lot of it wasn't even their fault too. I think when you have a script that doesn't really resonate because it's just like I said, paint by numbers, and then you do twenty takes for every scene like you know that sucks man okay are you going to speak poorly of my man toby Maguire? yes <laughs> yes <laughs> all right how uh, rude best dressed i mean he doesn't really wear masquerade. it's got to be the mask yeah we don't see him really... in a mask very often it's just the one scene uh worst nick cage scene <laughs> is it the sex scene <laughs> probably where he's like hey wait a second hold on i have a gift for you i have an ugly ass necklace I oh so you. happy anniversary yeah january jones finds the necklace later and is like why She's are like, you why lying didn't to you me? tell me about this the whole movie i was screaming at the tv tell your wife you okay that's dramatic you were not screaming at the tv you know what hen i'm trying <laughs> to be a little dramatic for our <laughs> fucking listeners <laughs> That's what you all are. You are our fucking listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> all right. Worst scene was it the sex scene? Yeah, yeah. Let's get us back on track here. Best scene. Uh, maybe the shootout at the end. Yeah, I like that. That's a good scene. He does a lot of stunts. Yeah, they go over a banister. They mm-hmm. fight. Wrestle. Yeah. There's some gunfire. A lot of yelling. Yeah. All right. Best scream. I think it's an obvious. That last one. Well, the last one, I think, was the die, die when they're fighting. No, not that but one. yeah, it's the, the long what's one. Simon's name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In the most nouveau shamanic moment. Is it was his it... running? No, it's probably a New Orleans hoo ha, who dat. <laughs> that's, pre- that's pretty nouveau. Who dat? And he throws his fist in the air. Yeah. All right. Great. Like I said, it's these it's these ones that are just okay that are gonna ruin us. I think. So Han, <laughs> where are we ranking this one? It wasn't bad, but it wasn't. It wasn't good. bad. It wasn't good. Where's uh? Let's see. What is this? This is like sixty. Compare with. Uh, what does this compare with? How did? I don't know. Like, I recall feeling similarly about a few movies. What's in, like, the high 40s, low 50s? Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Wild at Heart. That was better than this. Okay, better better than... than Oh, that was better than this. Okay. It Could Happen to You. Okay, no. Between Wild at Heart and It Could Happen to You. Okay. So that's going to put it at number 50. Cool. Out of 62 (laughs) or whatever we're at. At least Wild at Heart was interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it... (laughs) It's Academy Award nominated. <laughs> the, the mother. The mother who didn't use a single word from the script. Or the English language. It's <laughs> a wild movie start to finish. You go back and listen to Wild at Heart as well. That one was fun. Uh, okay, so next week we have, as Trespass, we discussed earlier, yeah. it's a movie called Trespass. And Who's speaking of, I think it's Nicole Kidman. Oh, we just started watching. I don't even know what the show is called that we started watching. Me neither. It's Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant are moody. In, on HBO. On HBO. <laughs> and there's a naked woman in the first episode a lot. 
Yeah. That's all that's all we got. Was that <laughs> we were distracted by the kitty. <laughs> yes, we were playing with a cat and then there was a naked woman. We look at them and we're like, oh my god, there's a naked woman on TV. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mentioned Nicole Kidman earlier because she's in the lead in uh, The Impossible. The movie about the tsunami. Oh, that I was my parents like, oh, is watched. that the name of the show? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's called The Untouchables. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's enough Nicole Kidman chat. This is a Nick Cage podcast. <laughs> My apologies. This movie sucked. Never mm-hmm. watch it unless you're truly, truly desperate. Or you're Steve's parents. <laughs> or you're my parents, apparently. <laughs> and on that note, now you know why the Nick Cage would say. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Ow.